Hello and welcome to the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast. This is one of your co-hosts, Peter Bell, and we are on Catechism Thursday, episode number 21. We are going through question answers numbers 54 through 56. And if you guys have not yet listened to Monday's podcast with Dr. Vern Poitras of Westminster Theological Seminary in Philadelphia, he talked about typology how we can properly and really truly read Christ in the Old Testament. The apostles did it, and they give us the model. And then Dr. Poitras teaches us that model. So I would encourage you guys to listen to that episode first, and then we'll move right along with Catechism Thursday, episode number 21. So let's start. Question and answer 54. What do you believe concerning the Holy Catholic Christian Church? I believe that the Son of God, out of the whole human race, from the beginning of the world to its end, gathers, defends, and preserves for himself, by his spirit and word, in the unity of the true faith, a church chosen to everlasting life. And I believe that I am, and forever shall, remain a living member of it. Ursinus' exposition, and this one's a little bit longer, so question and answers 55 and 56 will be shorter, so stick with me. Ursinus says the principal questions in connection with the subject of the church are these seven. What is the church? How manifold is it? What are the marks of the true church? Why is it called one, holy, and Catholic? And what does it differ from the state? What is the cause of the difference between the church and the rest of mankind? Is there any salvation out of the church? And so he starts with the first question, what is the church? And he says, an assembly or congregation of men and women, chosen of God from everlasting to eternal life, which the Son of God, from the beginning to the end of the world, gathers, defends, and preserves to himself by his spirit and word, out of the whole human race, agreeing in true faith, in which he will at length glorify with eternal life and glory. His second question, how manifold is the church? And he gives us a couple categories. The church is both visible and invisible, and he defines these two. He says, visible means an assembly of persons who embrace and profess the entire and uncorrupted doctrine of the law and gospel and who use the sacraments according to the appointment of Christ and profess obedience to the teachings of God's word. The invisible church consists of those who are chosen unto eternal life, who are also regenerated and belong to the visible church. The invisible lies concealed in the visible church. And this distinction between the visible and invisible is crucial for Sinus's exposition of baptism. So stick, stay tuned for that. Then he goes on, the church is also universal and particular. The universal church consists of all those who profess the doctrine of God's word in whatever part of the world they may be. The particular church comprehends who in any particular place profess this doctrine. And then he combines these categories, gives them unity. The universal visible church consists of all who profess the doctrine of God's word, wherever they may be. 
the particular visible church comprehends who in any particular place profess this doctrine. And the universal invisible comprehends all elects wherever they may be. The third question, what are the marks of the true church? There are three marks. The first, a profession of the true, pure, and rightly understood doctrine of the law and gospel, which is the same things as the doctrine of the prophets and apostles. Second, the right and proper use of the sacraments. And third, the profession of obedience to this doctrine or to the ministry. The fourth question, why the church is called one, holy, and Catholic? It is one not because those who are members thereof dwell together, or because the rites and ceremonies to which they conform are the same, but on account of their agreement in doctrine and faith. It is called holy because it is sanctified of God by the blood and spirit of Christ that it may be conformable to him, not in perfection, but by the imputation of Christ's righteousness or obedience, and by having the principle of holiness, because the Holy Spirit renews and delivers the church from the dregs of sins by degrees, in order that all who belong to it may commence and practice all the parts of obedience. Fifth question. In what does the church differ from the state? Interesting that our scientist uses this distinction as well. The state is a society which is bound by certain civil laws for the maintenance of external propriety and order according to each table of the Decalogue. The church embraces the gospel, observes the sacraments, and is governed by the spirit and word of God. In the church, there are always some holy and godly persons, which is not always true of the state. There are many in different states which are distinguished from each other by locality, time, and laws. The church has been, is, and ever will be one throughout all periods and among all nations. The head of the church is one, and in heaven, which head is Christ. The state has magisterial authority and power to make laws to which becomes us to yield obedience for conscience sake. The church is restricted and tied to the word of God and no power to make new articles of faith. The state is armed with the power to inflict and preserve offenders by the sword. The church merely the sword of the word, denunciating the wrath of God against the disobedience. And he adds this qualifier, thus, they ought to be carefully distinguished. And so you can think of that two kingdoms doctrine that we had Dr. Van Drunen on. We'll have a little bit more later on as well. This has been part of the church for hundreds of years. Sixth question. What is the cause of the difference between the church and the rest of mankind? They are avowed enemies of the church. They are, there are hypocrites in the church without true conversion. And, they, and there are the effectually called the elects. The efficient cause of this difference is the election of God who purposes to gather to himself in this world a church. Seventh question, is there any salvation out of the church? 
And he says, none can be saved out of the church for these reasons. Because out of the church, there is no savior and hence no salvation. Because those whom God has chosen to the end, which is eternal life, them he has also chosen to the means, which consists in the inward and outward call. Question answer 55. What do you understand by the communion of saints? First, the believers all and everyone as members of Christ have communion with him and share in all his treasures and gifts. Second, that everyone is duty-bound to use his gifts readily and cheerfully for the benefit and well-being of the other members. And here's Rosinus' exposition. He says, communion of saints signifies the union of all the saints with Christ as members with the head, which is affected by the Holy Ghost, who dwells in the head and in the members, conforming and making them like unto their glorious head, yet preserving a proper proportion between the head and the members. It's also participation in all the benefits of Christ and a distribution of special gifts and the obligation of all the members to devote all the gifts which have been conferred upon them to the glory of Christ, their head, and to the salvation of the whole body and of every member mutually. So he says, believers are called saints in three respects, by the imputation of Christ's righteousness, first and foremost, by the beginning of conformity to the law, which is commenced in them, and by the separation from the rest of the human race, being called of God to the end that they may truly know and worship him. So Rosanna sums up, hence, we may now understand what we mean when we say, I believe in the community of saints, meaning I believe that all the saints to the company of whom I am firmly pers persuaded that I belong are united to Christ, their head, by his spirits, and that gifts are bestowed upon them from the head, including such as are the same in all and necessary for their salvation, as well as those who are diverse and variously bestowed upon everyone, and which are requisite for the edification of the church question answer 56 last one what do you believe concerning the forgiveness of sins i believe that god because of christ's satisfaction will no more remember my sins nor my sinful nature against which i have to struggle all my life but will graciously grant me that righteousness of christ that I may never come into condemnation. And so here's Asinus' exposition of question answer 56. He says, concerning the forgiveness of sins, we must consider these seven questions. What is it? By whom is it granted? On account of what is it granted? Does it comport with the justice of God? Is it gratuitous? To whom is it granted? And how and when is it given? So the first question, what the forgiveness of sins is. It is a pardon of deserved punishment and the bestowment and imputation of the righteousness of another, even Christ. Second, by whom is forgiveness of sins granted? Remission of sins is granted by God alone, for no one is offended at sin except God the Father 
Son, and Holy Ghost, and no one else can forgive sin. Consequently, no creature can grant anything which rightfully belongs to God. Third question, on account of what is it granted? God forgives our sins out of his pure mercy and free love towards us, and on account of the intercession and satisfaction of Christ applied by faith. Intercession cannot be made without satisfaction, because that would be to ask of God to yield somewhat of his justice. Fourth question, does it comport with the justice of God? Does it agree with it? He says, God cannot grant the forgiveness of sins out of his clemency, which would forgive or which it conflicts with his justice. For that reason, that he would suffer to pass by unpunished. But he has punished it most sufficiently in Christ. God then pronounces us righteous, such as are not to be punished in view of the perfect satisfaction of Christ which does not conflict with his justice and truth. Fifth question, is the forgiveness of sins gratuitous? Although God does not extend unto us the forgiveness of sins, unless a sufficient satisfaction be made, yet he nevertheless grants remission freely, because he does not demand satisfaction from us, but from Christ upon whom our sins were laid. Sixth question, to whom is the forgiveness of sins granted? He says the forgiveness of sins is, is extended to all and only the elects, because it is given to such as believe. And lastly, seventh question of question and answer 56. How and when the forgiveness of sins is granted? The forgiveness of sins is granted and received by faith alone, which the Holy Spirit works and kindles in us. So thanks for joining us for Catechism Thursday, episode number 21. Again, we went through question answers 54 to 56. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, Dr. Vern Poitras on Monday. And remember, we have book club this Saturday. We have Dr. Andreas Kostenberger speaking about introduction to biblical interpretation fantastic book that will help you learn how to read your bible really well and deeply and then this coming monday we have dr stephen wellam of the southern baptist theological seminary he'll be talking to us about his brand new book the person of christ by crossway we will have a book giveaway for this episode and it's also going to be a deep dive into the person and work of Christ. So again, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next week on the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast, where we bridge the gap to reformed theological truth. Please subscribe to us on your podcast catcher, Review us, give us five stars, help others find this podcast through your review. Find us on Instagram and Twitter if you want to follow us there. Keep up with our updates and who we're interviewing next and a couple quotes that you guys might find really enriching. We hope to see you guys next week.